Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Law and Finance Show. And today we have a great guest on because one of the things that you hear a lot of people say is that if you're a business owner, you need a CPA, you need a lawyer. But most people don't actually know what do you need that lawyer for? Like, what type of lawyer do you need? Because if you're starting a business, you might not necessarily need a immigration lawyer or you might not necessarily need a family law lawyer. So you want to kind of understand what should you be expecting from the type of legal support you need when it comes down to your small business. And we're going to talk about that on today's show. So stay tuned. So without further ado, let me bring on my guest, Attorney Smith. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I am well. I am well. So I am very interested in jumping into this topic about, you know, of uh, the type of legal support that small business owners need. But before we do, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yes. So um, my name is Siobhan Smith. I'm in D.C. proper. Um, I have a law practice that I've had for going on eight years now where I exclusively work with small to medium-sized business owners, entrepreneurs, sometimes investors um, on their businesses. Uh, I have been practicing law, oh gosh, since 2005. Um, before that, I worked in a big law firm and then decided to go out on my own. Nice, nice. I love it. Now, was the laws just something that you were kind of, I always had an aspiration to or just kind of what made you pick the path of law? Yes. Um, I was not one of those kids who grew up knowing they wanted to be a lawyer. Actually, usually if you're a kid and you talk a lot, people are like, oh, you should be a lawyer. I actually didn't talk dog <laughs> when I was a kid. I was a very quiet, introverted person. I'm still a very introverted um, person. And that's a misnomer. People think if you're an introvert, maybe the law isn't for you. But actually, I would say a lot of lawyers are introverts. So for me, I was in my senior year of college and I knew I wanted to go to grad school. I just didn't know for what. Um, and honestly, I always liked reading and writing and I knew law school was a lot of reading and writing. And I was interning for a congressman at the time and he just encouraged me to try law school because he said lawyers can do anything, which is kind of true, but kind of not true <laughs> as well. So I really kind of ended up in law school because I liked school um, and I knew I wanted an, an advanced degree. And I thought, well, a law degree probably opens up lots of doors for me. So I kind of stumbled into it that way. So if you'd have asked me 12 months before I applied to law school, was I going to law school? I probably would have said no. So it was not necessarily always on my radar. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, you know, I think that that is, uh, you know, a common story that I have heard from a lot of people there. Every now and then I come across some people that say, you know, I just knew when I was a child, I yeah. just always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, but I think a lot of people do like as you kind of live in, yeah. look at some opportunities, the, the law just like, hey, you know what? It makes it sense. Fits. Let me yeah. kind of pursue it, this. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So now one of the things that always, you know, is um, that I find interesting and often has a little bit of a uniqueness to it is, you know, a lot of people do go to law school. They may start in big law, but then when they decide to to leave, you know, what kind of brought that change about for you of 
why you decided to leave big law and go a different route. So that choice was made for me. I was asked to leave, <laughs> um, but it was really the most amazing thing that could have happened. I was definitely at the point, um, maybe I was like a seventh year or something like that, where I knew I didn't want to be a partner. I wasn't really engaged. So it was, it was their decision, but you know, I, I took it, you know, pretty mutually as well. So I, left because they asked me to, but I'm glad that they did because I never would have jumped into this unless I had been pushed into it. Um, and so for me, I just knew that I, I wanted to own a business. And so even before I left the firm, that had been like on my radar, like it was on vision boards. It was me talking to other business owners. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I just felt a calling to work for myself. Um, and then once I left, I, it was the space and time to, you know, not work and just be that it really kind of formed into the, oh, I should use my legal skills to help other business owners as my business. Um, so it really was kind of a very organic process how, how that happened as well. Okay, awesome. Now, I'm curious, and you know, with, you know, making that move, what was that process like for you of learning the business side of kind of running your own legal practice? I mean, obviously, you no one teaches you how to run a business in whatever professional school you go to, whether it is, you know, getting in a master's, a law school, a medical degree. No one teaches you the business side of those things. So you kind of have to just figure it out. I think my advantage was because I knew I was working with business owners. It made me focus on the business aspect early because I wanted to understand them. A little bit more so i i think i did tune into that aspect of the practice earlier just because of the clients i would have um and for me it was just consuming resources it was reading books um, i'm a member of the of the district of columbia bar which has a great program for people who are desiring to start their own firm they have like a two-day boot camp and then it turns into like a six week or eight week course as well which is really the, the business of practicing law and so that was incredibly helpful as well. And then just picking up the phone and talking to people because you just, when you work in a firm environment, like you don't, you don't have to operate a trust account or keep accounting records or keep, you know, potential, you know, trust accounts for particular clients. Um, you're not looking at profit margins and profit per, you know, client and things like that. So um, it was definitely a learning curve, but it is the part of the business that I actually enjoy because it's the thing that I have in, in common with my clients as business owners is that we're both running businesses. You know, that's something that I find to be, you know, a, a very interesting thing for, you know, working with law firms, especially like ones that are smaller law firms, because like, especially if their client, their clientele, our business owners like, the challenges that they're trying to help them work through are the challenges they're living through themselves. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, when it came down to, you know, you know, practicing law, I mean, there's a, I guess you say a number of different directions mm -hmm. that you can go as far as the practice area that you choose. Was there any particular reason why you chose, you know, supporting small businesses? I think for me, it was a couple different things. One, it was I had friends who were business owners and I just looked up to them. I thought, you know, what they did was pretty amazing. I um, mean, just seeing their work, but also hearing their pain points about not having 
affordable legal services or someone who kind of catered to them. So that was was part of it to me was just kind of being around people, hearing the conversations and just loving that people could create things and support themselves and kind of have autonomy and freedom were things that I saw. And I was like, I, I love that. And I want to create that for myself. Nice, nice. So one of the things that um you know I, I definitely wanted to get to is because this is a piece of advice that I've heard shared in a lot of accelerator groups, a lot of entrepreneur incubator groups, or you read different books and you hear people say like I've, I've heard people say you know if you're a business owner you're gonna start a business you want to make sure you have a good accountant, a lawyer, and a financial advisor. And I always feel like that seems a little incomplete. Maybe we need to paint a little bit more to the picture because people don't know, okay, what type of lawyer do you need? So, I mean, from your perspective, you know, you know, how would you define like, hey, here's, here's some of a little bit more context, the, the lawyer that you need if you're going to start a business? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. People get told you need X, but they have no idea how to find them how much to pay for them, how to budget for them, how to incorporate them in, in their work. And for a lot of people, what happens is something happens and then they call an attorney. They get a demand letter. Um, they get an EEOC complaint from a former employee. Like there's some big thing that happens. And then they're like, oh, I need a, a lawyer for, you not every business, but a lot of businesses come into their legal relationships that way, as opposed to understanding of, you know, you're building a team and a partnership and all of those professionals you just named are people who really are supporting you and kind of growing and being profitable. But in terms of like the ways that you should think about working with an attorney, I always think that you should think of your business, the life cycle of your of your business, like the life cycle of the product you sell, but also the life cycle of you starting. So you start your business. Well, there are legal things that happen when you are forming a new, you're, it's a new baby almost being born. And there are legal things that happen. You have to talk to your state about creating this new thing. So those are places um, to bring in an attorney. And then you have, you know, seemingly you have customers and clients where there are laws that deal with how you deal with customers and clients and you may have contracts, um, you want to get paid for your work. Um, so then that's one step of it. You need help to do the work that you do to sell whatever you're selling or whatever widget you have. There are tons of employment laws and contractor laws about people helping you with your work. You may work from a location, whether that's at home or in an office building, okay, where there are all sorts of laws about the least you may have signed or occupying space and zoning and compliance. Um, and then there are the disputes you could have at any one of those uh, points in your business. So I think for a lot of business owners, if you just even think about the cycle of your business, exactly what you do, it will help you even start to formulate, well, what, where would I need an attorney? And I think another thing to think about is there are a lot there, you know, it's, there are laws um, guiding what we do every day, even if you don't see them. So just assume in your business that there may be some legal aspect to hiring this person, firing this person, sending this person this contract, um, and then understanding that. And I will say for newer, smaller businesses, you won't talk to your attorney every day. You shouldn't be talking to them every day, um, but you should have, you know, kind of checkpoints in place 
where they know what you're doing and then they can issue spot for you. And that's part of what you learn as being an attorney is just how do I spot the potential issues? So if you just, if you could just, if you talk to me once a month and you say, oh, we're going after this contract, better yet, you talk to me once a month and you say, oh, we're getting this new loan. We have to sign these loan documents. And I say to you, oh, well, remember you took that other loan out and that loan said you couldn't get any other loans. Um, and you didn't think about that because the loan documents were a hundred and thousand pages each. Um, so those are the kind of conversations um, where you can develop that relationship. So I say for new business owners, don't stress so much about, I don't know what to use an attorney for. Stress about finding someone good who will help guide you on when to use them. Um, and you will develop a rapport with them. They'll learn about your business and then they'll be able to guide you on, here's where I can help you or here are things that that you may, places where you may need help. Okay. You know, and, and, and I love that, that perspective because one of the things that I tell people is I find when it comes down to working with a lawyer or getting legal support is I find it is very similar to accounting to where I tell them like, we don't all do the same thing, right. um, depending on what you need. And, you know, that kind of guides, okay, what type of lawyer or even what type of, you know, matter needs to be discussed. Um, and, and I often find that, that, you know, small business owners, they have so much going on and I think they're trying to wrap their minds around, okay, all right, how do we even start to break this down? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that you kind of broke that down of the phases. Cause I think that will be very helpful for business owners to think about it that way. But and I also think even just professionals in general, so I am not a CPA accountant. I'm none of that but i know when people need one like i've seen enough to say oh we need to bring an accountant in on this or we need an insurance professional in on this but you probably also say to your clients we need to pull legal counsel in on this so even having professionals on board they can help direct you to when you need another professional to step in um, and to guide you yeah absolutely yeah i often find you know i'm curious of your thoughts on this is that you know, a professional who has the maturity and I guess best interest of the client yes. to be able to point out those things is usually a sign that, hey, you're working with someone that actually cares about yes. your business and what you're building and not just, you know, building their own business. Right. Absolutely agree. Um, the point is to support our clients and getting the best advice and information possible. Um, and I would say part of like part of my value add is I always try to have professionals or bankers I can refer people to or insurance brokers or other people because it's not, you know, you're selling a widget, but there takes a, it takes a lot to get that product to a person um, and you need other professionals in order to do that. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, some of your clients and, mm -hmm you know, the, some of, some examples of some of the types of problems that you help them navigate and kind of help them reach a solution? Yeah. So I was just thinking through things I'm doing, um, this week, let me look at my to-do list. So, <laughs> um, okay. So I have one client who wanted to talk through some issues involving like a non-compete and non-solicitation. She thought she had an employee who may have been violating some of those terms. Um, so we just talked through her steps and next actions in that. I have another client who um, is looking to set up another 
like subsidiary almost of their business in another jurisdiction to go after some work there. So it's kind of structuring that deal to what makes sense for the business. Um, I have another client who they um, owe people money. And so that person has sent a demand letter and a complaint. Um, and so we're trying to figure out um, our contractual clauses, how much we think we really owe based on the contract, based on the work that was done. Um, so that's what I've been working on today. But just in general, I say my work is I do a lot of contracts. So a lot of reviewing, revising, drafting. And for some of my clients, it's just drafting a standard contract that they can use over and over again. Um, for some of the, those clients, even if it is standard, there are so many changes every time they use it that it may be something that we we talk about. Um, and then, you know, people, employment, contractor agreements, counseling on employment matters, um, you know, hiring, firing, employee handbooks. And in space, I do a lot of reviewing of commercial leases for, for clients and then just solving problems. Like the, the things just happen. Like, you know, in the course of a day, there's always something that just happens. Like somebody angry calling somebody, you know, from, you know, helping the client. So just solving those, those new, new, new nuisances that can, um, pop up in business is a lot of what I do. So I really, I tell my clients, I, you know, if you have a, a small, medium-sized business, most things I can do to help you. If I can't, I will find someone who can help you kind of serving as your general counsel and helping you pull in those professionals as necessary, you know, as it relates to your business. I always tell people, if you family law problem, a consumer law problem, a criminal problem, I cannot help you at all. <laughs> it's about your business. Like we'll find a way to, to solve the problem. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah, one of those things I, I tell a lot of business owners is when it comes down to contracts, something that I, I've seen people do a lot is where they just Google a contract and they just use that. And I'd say, you probably want to get somebody to look at that because I don't know if that's going to like provide you with all the protection you need for your business. Um, so I, I, I love the fact that you do a lot to support that area because that is a huge gap that I've seen people do. And um, a, a friend of mine who practices family laws often told me she was like, yeah, uh, she tells people all the time, don't confuse your Google search with my law degree. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's interesting too sometimes about contracts is people act. I've definitely had situations where people act like they don't matter. Like they sign something and they say, oh, but they said X and we usually do Y and this. And then when there's issue, they pull out the agreement and they're like, but you agreed to this. And I'm like, yeah, that's your signature. You did agree to that. <laughs> so yeah, they said a lot of fluffy things, but those things aren't in, in this document that you you have consented to. So I, I think, you know, people need to understand the weight of, of that and the court's going to give some deference to the thing that you signed. So you want to make sure you know what you're signing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now one of the things that I'm curious about is what's some of the feedback that you've gotten from some of the clients that you've been able to help and work with? Um, I would say it's just taking a burden off of them, like feeling like their problem is being solved and there's an area of their business that somebody is looking over and watching out for. Because when you are a business owner, you are doing everything. Like you are marketing, you know, especially when you're starting out. And even if you've done it for a while, you still probably find yourself dipping in those buckets of, you know, marketing, operations, um, you know, 
doing the actual work. And so for somebody to, you know, take a piece of that off of you. So that's definitely some feedback I've gotten from my clients is that taking a burden off of them and then just kind of making it easy, like kind of explaining things and plain language um, and making it accessible and understandable to them. Nice. And, you know, that is one area that a lot of people just don't understand. So making it understandable is, is a huge, huge win. So if there are people who are interested in, you know, finding out more about you and your firm, where can they find you online? Yes. So I am on Instagram at Siobhan J. Smith. I'm on LinkedIn, same Siobhan J. Smith. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really go over there. But you feel free to join me over there at, at the SAS <laughs> Law Firm. Um, and then you can always email me at Siobhan at the SJSLawFirm.com. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, before we wrap up, one final question that I love asking every guest that comes on is, you know, when you think about, you know, your story and you think about your journey and the things that you've learned along the way, you know, what's two pieces of advice you would share with business owners? And it could be something you've already said that you want to reiterate, or it could be two completely new things. I would say get help um, and get help early. Like, don't feel like you have to do everything. And I know sometimes cost is a factor when you're starting out. But the the sooner you outsource, the sooner you get help, the quicker you will grow um, and you can operate um, in your, your zone of, of genius for your business. Um, and then find... Men, I, mentors were really just other business owners. Like, the best advice and information I've gotten have been from like conversations with other professionals and learning new tools and time tracking and technology and just dealing with the stress of, of owning a business. So find kind of contemporaries, other people who maybe do something similar that you do um, that you can talk to, that you can bounce ideas off of because it can be, it can be lonely. And so you need, you know, other people to be part of your community as well. So I would say, you know, Get help quick and get community are my pieces of advice. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, Siobhan, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. It was a pleasure having you. No, thank you so much for having me. It was a great to chat with you. Hopefully I've been able to, to help someone. <laughs> awesome. You just checked out the Law and Finance Show, where we bring you great, insightful interviews that talk about the business and the financial side of managing a law firm. So subscribe to the show and check out more of the great interviews.